This is the Neil Evans Says Podcast. This week, Neil Evans says... I don't see a lot of speed in the race, so I think that plays into the into the game of Forbidden Love, who's got a lovely turn of foot. Overpass still in front, Forbidden Love off the fence for the late challenge. Welcome to the Neil Evans Says Podcast. We are back for the year. Neil is standing by to give us his tips for three big races at Rose Hill this Saturday. The Group 2 Expressway Stakes, the Group 3 Winning Stakes for the Phillies and the Canterbury Stakes for the Boys. Our first look at potential Golden Slipper Runners. And then we'll finish off with a look at the Group 2 Australia Stakes at the Valley. Neil, great to have you back with us. How are you feeling, mate? Are you primed? <laughs> yes, mate. Hello, Sumsy. Hello to everyone listening. Yes, doesn't it come around nice and quick? Right on the doorstep now of uh, late summer into the autumn, Sumsy. Uh, and we'll be digging in hard and really trying to, uh, uh, to send the listeners, the punters, in the right direction. So there is a lot to look forward to, and it comes around nice and sharp. And I was uh, very intrigued about your article in The Sportsman earlier in the week. You reckon Albury trainer Ron Stubbs has a filly to watch by the name of Rumours Abound. Tell us about her. Yes, yes, I do. I've written about Rumours Abound, who uh, was a dominant winner at just a second start. This is a three-year-old filly. There'll be many horses around the Riverina that emerge uh, for city-bound races, particularly at the Country Championship Trail. Of course, we know all about it, the big half-million-dollar final for the best country gallopers uh, from right around the state. They all converge on Randwick in early April uh, at the championships. And from down around that region, rumours abound as only have the two starts, one second start, did too much work on Debu, but this is a this is a three-year-old filly something that's built like a German panzer tank, this thing. She's a really big, strong thing. Uh, Going to be a good sprinter. She is bred to get over a bit of ground, so she's one to really put down in the book to follow. Uh, whether she, it's a little early for the championship, not sure, but she's got the ability to get there. Ron Stubbs is a KGL trainer, uh, not a big team, but a wonderful strike rate from his base down there at Albury. And also one to watch down there in Wagga, a horse called Burundana that's won three on the bounce. I've been on it twice. It just continues to improve. It was a dominant win at Wagga, and I reckon they've got the country championship trail right on the radar as well. So there's two runners. Rumours abound pretty early in its career, and Burundana even more so. Watch those two on the country championship trail. Okay, Rose Hill, let's get this show on the road. The track is a soft five, the rail out five metres. The weather is looking hot and dry for race day. And race two is where we're going to start. And it's an opportunity, Neil, for the two-year-old Colts and Geldings to stake their claim for a golden slipper run. It's the $160,000 Group 3 Canterbury Stakes. Set weights and penalties over 1,100 metres. And named after Canterbury House, which was built in 1911 at Darling Point in Sydney. The AJC bought the house in 1919. And it was used as a convalescent hospital for Australian soldiers returning home from World War One. And the house is now gone. You can just see the foundation still there at McKell Park, a great little park. If you ever come to Sydney, go and check out McKell Park, Darling Point, a beautiful little park that looks out over Sydney Harbour. Actually, uh, Tullock won the Canterbury Stakes in 1956, Neil. Last yep. year, Best of Bordeaux won the race, and he went on to finish second in the Golden Slipper, so certainly some good form coming out of this race. Always a beautiful – that's a lovely story, Sumsy. 112 years in the making. The history of some of these races is fantastic. And, yeah, the Canterbury for the boys, set weights. And this is big because the early Golden Slipper favourite around, you know, when you throw them all in, all in betting around the $6.50 mark, which might look very big after Saturday, number one, King's Gambit. This is a two-year-old colt by I Am Invincible who's just a prolific sire uh, who just keeps producing these young, powerful horses. King's Gambit returns for only his second start. 
off a slick trial win in pretty good time, or did it easy, was a massive winner on debut back at Caulfield in the spring and the debutant stakes at listed level, sat behind the speed, one by five lengths. And I tell you what, you've got to watch this horse, not because it's just at the top of slipper betting now and it will be a hot favourite to win the Canterbury, but watch its stride pattern. Big sloping strides, does it easy. And dare I say it, Sumsy just has a little touch of the black caviar stride about him. All right, so that's number one, King's Gambit. Who else are you looking at in this one? Well, look, I think King's Gambit will bolt in, just sitting behind the speed. And uh, look, it only needs clear air to win the race when it comfortably. Do you expect that? You might not get much more than $1.40, $1.50. The Quinella runner that I'm keen on is uh, number six, Shinzo, uh, for Chris Waller, who's on debut. It's, ha- it's won two of three trials, been taken along nicely, beautifully bred by Schnitzel out of Samaretti. Uh, who was a Group 1 winner in herself. So lovely breeding, number six, Shinzo, to run the Quinella behind the hot pot, uh, and we'll throw in Red Resistance, uh, horse for Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott, number two, first up winner, or on debut winner, about uh, two weeks ago, and he can run into third. So we're pretty confident there, one, six, and two. There we go, race two at Rose Hill. It is one, six, and two for Neil. That's how you play it. Let's go to race five, the $160,000 Group 3 win in stakes, 1,100 metres, set weights and penalties for the Phillies this time. First run in 1947 and named in honour of Witten Stud. And Neil, some more potential golden slipper runners here. Yes, there is. And this is a different kettle of fish, this one, the Widden for the girls. A lot more open, of course, although there are a few at the top of the betting that are likely to fight it out. Best value for me, Sumsy, without a shadow of doubt, the Waterhouse bot runner number nine, Perfect Proposal, a filly by Russian Revolution, uh, who's looked really strong at the trials. Two recent trials at the farm, very strong through the line, right up there, either winning or right behind. And I think from a nice draw, Tim Clark rides, and he's got a really good strike rate over the last few months, I think perfect proposal. It'll, I think it'll be tightening. They put up around about the 650 mark. I'm sure it'll get just get shorter and shorter as we get closer to the jump in the win. And I think it's terrific each way value, perfect proposal to win the race. Dangers? Look, probably number six, learning to fly. Might go off favourite for Annabelle Nishan. This is a, a filly by the Boom US side, Justify. Uh, it was a, a strong trial winner as well. It's on the boo. Just a tricky gate out there in seven, and I think that's a, a, one of the reasons why I'm leaning uh, the way of number nine, perfect proposal. But I think they'll fight it out. Nine to beat six in what is a very competitive uh, wooden stakes. Uh, and then I'm going to throw in number three, Divine Glory, resuming for just a third start for the Snowden Star with blinkers on for the first time from a good gate. So it's got plenty of ticks as well. Number three, Divine Glory, goes in for third. All right, that's race five at Rose Hill, nine, six, and three. And race eight, the $250,000 Group 2 Expressway Stakes, wait for age over 1,400. And Neil, if we look back to last year's race, Animo came third and then went on to win five Group 1 races in 2022, including the Cox Plate, of course. Well, it did, yes. And, uh, you know, that just reminds us what a sort of a platform race this is. I mean, something... Horses get there at different times. Some some of the big stars, they might take a run, might just take one run and all of a sudden they hit overdrive and away they go for the rest of the prep. Others will hit the ground running. And it's not just a race that we dominated by those at the top of the market. There's some handy ones that are even coming up from higher benchmark racing. They get to group two level, but they're getting there at a, at a good time, at a peak time in the prep. So you couldn't rule one or two out at bigger odds. But always a fascinating race, not a big field, 1,200 metres at weight for age. 
once they sort their order out and get past the half mile, becomes a real battle of tactics, like a like a game of mobile chess between driving thoroughbreds. This will be. And so, who are you fancying? Look, I do like number four, Forbidden Love. Uh, this uh, three-time Group One winner, this mare coming back. Um, look, there's two that are coming back that will fight it out for favouritism. I was surprised that Forbidden Love, that around that three twenty mark, started a fair way back in the in the early betting behind Golden Mile for Godolphin, who who opened up a pretty short price favourite. Forbidden Love was a dominant trial winner. That was in open class, and we saw that. That was what, probably only 12, 13 days ago at Warwick Farm, one by nearly seven lengths. And she's a mare. She draws the inside here. And I think on an improving track, she's just going to, the inside will hold up okay. And she just sits right behind the speed. I don't see a lot of speed in the race. So I think that plays into the into the game of Forbidden Love, who's got a lovely turn of foot, three-time group one winner. She sits right behind. She gets out in time. And I think she just goes on and wins the race. So I've got her on top. Forbidden Love. I do think she'll short in the market as well. Obviously, number nine, Golden Mile. This is a big, powerful three-year-old colt by a stern for Godolphin. The Group 1 Caulfield Guineas winner from the spring won three of its last four last prep. Big, powerful thing. Just got the feeling Sumsey might need the run. And I just think, despite the fact she's very classy, very strong, and does come off a nice, easy trial. And I just think the turn of foot, he'll be hitting the line, Golden Mile, but might not have that turn of foot to run down Forbidden Love. So uh, I've got it in for second, obviously, Golden Mile. I'm more inclined to to wait second up for this colt to, to really hit its strap. So uh, Forbidden, they are the top two, Forbidden Love to win it, to beat number nine, Golden Mile. And if you're looking for value out of the pack, I do think that number three, Pizarro, a four-year-old by all too hard for the John O'Shea camp, steps up from a big finishing run in benchmark 88 level. This is tougher but second up can really hit a peak here and you'll get double figure odds with that, the other two in the market. Look out for Pizarro getting home late. So I think that's a way to go. Forbidden love to win the Group 2 Expressway to beat Golden Mile, three Pizarro in for third. So that's four, nine and three for race eight at Rose Hill. Let's go to the valley. The track is a soft five. The rail is true. The weather is looking hot and dry. It's race seven, the Group 2, $300,000 Australia stakes. Wait for age over 1,200 for the three-year-olds and up. And the great mayor, Black Caviar, won it in 2010 and 2012, Neil. And last year, Mirabi absolutely blew them away. How do you see this one? Uh, look, Jigsaw will probably jump favourite, number five. It's a good, tough sprinter drawn inside and has a real good habit of, of kicking big when challenged, Jigsaw. It's one three straight, sparingly raced. They've done a wonderful job with this one. Just a concern over the final 200 metres. Most of the form is around 1,000 metres. And you could probably say that for number six, Snapper who's a last start winner as well. They'll battle for favouritism, which means one horse in this race is going to be well over the odds, and that's number two, Western Empire, uh, for the John Leake Stable. It's had one run back. Uh, now, this is an XWA horse, of course, who, who charged through the grades over there, came to Victoria. The one run back was in the Group 3 standish that was won by Snapper. Western Empire only got going late. He was well back last, made up some late ground, never really going to figure. The improvement into the second up run will be huge and I think there'll be a lot of pressure on here a fair way from home. So I'm looking for one to really power home late at a big price uh, and I think that's going to be number two, Western Empire. So we're going to go value big time here, uh, sums in the Australia Stakes and tip number two, Western Empire. Each way you can take it all day to really, really peak second up 
and blow these two more fancied runners away. Of course, uh, in behind Western Empire, if I see the race going the right way, I've got to leave Jigsaw in for second, of course. At one on Boxing Day at Sandown, it goes to the front. It's got good tactical speed, but as I say, when challenged, doesn't turn it up. Kicks big time. Won its last three, so Jigsaw from a low gate goes in for second, number five. Uh, and, of course, the Standish, the Group 3 Standish winner from uh, January 14, Snapper, uh, is going great guns for the Mike Moroni stable. Nice and fit. Little concern at the 1,200, but nice and fit. Number six goes in for third. So we're really with the with the value to win the race up top there, but uh, certainly five and six are in for second. But Western Empire give it strength at a big price to win this feature race. All right, the Valley Race 7, 2, 5 and 6 is how you play it. This is the Neil Evans Says Podcast. You can follow Neil on Twitter and get more racing info and tips for Rose Hill and the Valley. Neil's Twitter handle is at Neil Evans Mail. You can also read Neil's weekly racing preview in The Sportsman, Australia's most authoritative racing journal, thesportsman.com.au. We release the podcast every Friday. Look out for us on Spotify and iHeartRadio. Don't forget to share us. Another fantastic job from you, Neil. There's uh, plenty of great tips in there for us. And I must say, mate, you look like you've been catching a bit of sun. Only partly. There's not a lot of time to lie too long around in the sun, mate. There's too much racing and form to get through. But, and are, uh, you bo- are you a board shots man or a speedos man? <laughs> My speedo days are that long ago. Uh, it's not even worth bringing up. I'm a dead set A grade dollar A one board shorts man, and society says it should remain that way, and I totally agree with it for sure. Come but, on, mate. If you've got it, you might as well flaunt it. 